And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, once again, is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here. And Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. My privilege, Dan, to be here. Gentlemen, this is a wonderful time of year, and uh, we're already into Advent by quite a ways already today. And uh, we wanted to continue our discussion that we started last week. We were looking at the question of what were the times like prior to the first Advent, and that kind of begs some questions also. What is this term, Advent? And uh, last week, Mark, we uh, closed by talking a little bit about Herod and getting close there to the time of Christ. So maybe we could continue that uh, train of thought here today. Yes, uh, Matthew 2, 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. And of course, the Herod it's talking about is Herod the Great. Now the interesting thing about Herod the Great is uh, uh, we had mentioned how Pompey in 63 B.C. had taken over, but he part of the way he took over was with the help of Herod the Great's father, Antipater. And uh, because of that, he was rewarded. Hmm. And so, especially Herod and his brother Faziel were given rulership. And Herod at this time would have been a young man, about 25 years old. Herod had Galilee. His brother Faziel had Jerusalem and, and Judea. And they were attacked by the Parthians. Parthians captured Faziel, and Herod escaped Herod ran south to Masada. Some people familiar mm-hmm. with the, mm. the great fortress at Masada. He held out there, went down to Cleopatra. She tried to talk him into joining and becoming one of her generals. Instead, he linked up with Mark Anthony and then Octavian and took over, got their approval, and came back with an army, drove out the Parthians, and he became ruler over this, this area. Now, what happened with Herod was he's a great builder. Mm. He is an incredible builder. Some of the things that you see are incredible. He built the Herodium. He had an incredible fortress, a three-tiered palace on Masada. Yes. Mm-hmm. With hot baths in it. If you go there, you can see it was ingenious. How did they get hot water? Well, they mm-hmm. they built a, a subfloor, put the water in, and underneath that, they put a fire. Uh, and then they channeled that thing. It was just ingenious, you know, yeah. when you look at that. But that's the way he was. Caesarea built a huge amphitheater, built a freshwater pool in the Mediterranean Sea. And then, of course, there's Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He rebuilt Zerubbabel's temple. It was the most magnificent yes. temple in the world mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Amazing structure. Yes. Amazing. It's just uh, incredible. And besides his palace and everything else. But Herod was a political leader. He tried to say he was a Jew. He was not. He was an Edomian. Edomian, wasn't he? Edomian, yeah. He floated a story, I guess, about having uh, one of his relatives being a prominent Jew in the Babylonian captivity. Mm -hmm. But there's no traction there. And so many of the Jews never really accepted him, even though he built a temple. He also embraced the Romans. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. He knew where, you know, which side his bread, bread was, was buttered, buttered on. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, there's another thing about Herod that uh, people should know. He was not a good man. Morally, <laughs> mm-hmm. he was a very immoral man. Uh, he uh, he was a murderer. 
And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, maybe you know, I think he killed his own son-in-law, his uncle, and a whole bunch of people. Yeah, he killed his brother-in-law. It's interesting. He had ten wives, and his favorite wife was Mariamne. She was part of the Hasmonean dynasty, Mm. but he was so jealous of that, eventually he had her killed. His favorite wife. His favorite wife was killed. He had three towers built in Jerusalem in his palace, and one of them was to Mariamne. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, one must question his sanity at the end, particularly at the oh, end. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. as he hears these prophecies concerning the coming oh, of another yes. king, That's right. he is so threatened. And, of course, these prophecies have to do with Jesus. That's so right. Paranoid. And look what he did yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the announcement uh, when he discovered that Jesus had been born. Mm. It's the terrible episode when you think of that, and as you mentioned, he actually wound up killing three of his sons besides that. Um, but hmm. when you look at that, you stop to think, at the time when the wise men came, Herod the Great had to have been at least 69 years old, maybe 70 years old. Mm-hmm. He realized this Messiah that was being born, this king of the Jews, was nothing but an infant. We can tell that because of what he sent. He sent them to kill all the infant boys two years Mm. and younger. In and around Jerusalem. Right. So you think logically, if this king is going to challenge Herod, it probably wouldn't be for at least 20 years, at which point Herod would be in his 90s if he survived that long, which he didn't. He he died probably a year after he he made that decree, that's right, mm-hmm. a horrible death. It says in the scriptures. Yes. I'm not sure why it is. It was it was a mm-hmm. horrible death, mm-hmm. and and it describes him. Josephus describes uh, the, the the pains that he went through, and you look at that and you say, what was this guy thinking? And obviously he wasn't. He was so obsessed with his own power. Well, it could again be a testimony to his uh, sanity. Yes, mm-hmm. a delusional state. Uh, maybe he thought like some tyrants do that they will live forever forever. it's repeated itself over and over and over you know people who have seized power wrongly cling to it uh immorally and don't understand it in terms of their own lifespan so you see all of that together in this uh, uh particular king yeah yeah and when you see think of the wise men you know the the wise men here they're coming to jerusalem where you have this magnificent king in all his opulence, they're traveling past probably the Herodium to get to Bethlehem, and where do they find Jesus? Mm, in the stable. <laughs> in, a st- in a stable. Remember all the, all the fancy buildings Herod had, and look at where the true yeah. king was born. That's right, and there's the true king. And the interesting thing is he was called Herod the Great. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you look at it, you, you, you could say, Understand why he's called Herod the Great. Look at the tremendous building he mm-hmm. did at that time. But within 100 years of his death, most of all those buildings were destroyed and gone. Mm. So his legacy is not the buildings he did, but the fact that he tried to kill Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, notice that it was his protectors who destroyed his buildings. That's right. <laughs> An irony of history if there ever was one. So he put his confidence in man and, and that's right. he was deceived, uh, which is a, a lesson, mm. of course, of where we are to put our true confidence in. That's right. Uh, the great king and head of the church, even our Lord Jesus Christ. But I do want to contrast this with the king of 
that's was prophesied about in the all the great books uh, of the scriptures, the great prophets, Isaiah. What a magnificent mm-hmm. literary piece Isaiah is from anyone's perspective. Mm-hmm. And those marvelous chapters of 7 and uh, 11 mm-hmm. and the singing of the Messiah at this time of year by Handel. Oh, yeah. Uh, marvelous texts and prophecies. Look what really lasted. Not the buildings, mm-hmm. but the Word of God. And it's come down to us not only uh, in the pages of Scripture, which is the Word of God, and but through the great music and art that it's inspired, the oh, yeah. true beauty uh, based on the Lord Jesus Christ's life. Later on in our session after the break, what we'll do is we'll bring up a piece from Handel's Messiah because that is just a glorious, wonderful piece of music, and it's often heard this time of year. We're up against a break right now, though. You're tuned to A Plain Answer. And joining me today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich and the Reverend John Vance. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we've been talking about the time just prior to the first advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, we just spent some time talking about Herod, and now we want to get a little bit closer to the time of the coming of Jesus. So, um, Pastor Vance, you had some comments that you were sharing uh, during our break. Why don't you take it from here? Well, you know, I was thinking uh, all along, and I have been uh, last week and this, of a verse, which uh, I have, um, I'm sure, preached from many times. I'm not quite sure how many uh, and it's from the writings of Paul in Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the fullness of time had come, and we're, we're talking about mm-hmm. the preparation for the coming, the fullness, the chronos uh, here, and uh, uh, God has, has uh, brought that about. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, uh, as we mentioned earlier, in contrast to Herod, was not born in opulent circumstances, or he was born in a manger. 
the great theme of this king is is his humility mm. mm-hmm. and the great uh, theme of this king who is born truly a king is that he came to seek and to save the lost to lay down his life a ransom for many mm. so we see a, a contrast in not only styles but ob- obviously substance Isaiah 9 2 says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light those who live in a dark land the light will shine upon them and I think one of the problems we see with the people and then and now is yeah they say that they understand that they walk in darkness but they don't understand what the darkness is they think that the darkness at that time was a political oppression oh yes and what the darkness is is the oppression of sin it is Indeed. And and th- I think I fear so a lot of times in, in our own churches even sometimes we miss that yeah. we look at a political situation and say things are bad when in fact the worst problem is our own sin. Mm. It's also true that we we see light and we don't see the true light. Uh, mm. People often are looking at light in a very worldly way, as a, as a, as a theater person would, an actor on a stage looking for mm. the limelight. Or the bright lights, as we say, when in fact the light of Christ is a light that comes and shines from a humble and loving heart. Now, uh, we in our churches, I think, do judge wrongly because we have false standards. We we think sometimes bigness, grandeur, how big the budget is and all of that is a sign that we are doing the work for the Lord. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's that... uh, cup of water that you give to that person or taking a uh, some food to a person out of work those things are the things i think that represent the ministry Mm -hmm. and work of christ that's right well the light of christ has come and uh, this program today is concerning the times just prior to the first advent the arrival of our lord and savior jesus christ we're going to bring up a piece from handel's messiah now As we hear this beautiful piece of music, we'll be right back.
Well, uh, that was a marvelous piece of music, I must, <laughs> must say. Uh, I, when I was a, a, a child, a youngster in grade school, mm-hmm. I wrote a little, my first little paper on Handel and the Messiah. Oh, really? And so, uh, even yeah. though I've never been musically inclined, yeah. uh, so what? But I love that piece of music. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a piece of music that is universally loved and cherished around the world, no matter yeah. what language you it speak. Is. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it is a great piece of music, and it shows the glory of God, but the glory of God in humility. You know, yeah. uh, coming even to to Bethlehem, that insignificant city, as Micah five two said, "Oh, thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you're the least, you know, mm-hmm. and least of the cities, out of you." will come the messiah and here here he is yeah well this has gotten me excited for actually uh christmas to say the least we have a wonderful service at christmas time yeah uh christmas eve service we we it's the greatest music there could possibly be just about anywhere and and i think god willing the redeemer broadcasting will be there christmas eve i hope and uh, be able to see you all but the interesting thing is uh advent which, in a, in a sense, uh, is an important word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you think most people know what the word Advent actually means? What do you think, Mark? I Probably not. You it's should a, tell us. It's a little <laughs> word that you see on your calendar. Oh, That's yeah. right, yeah. And some people have Advent <laughs> yeah, calendars. It means yeah, arrival get or <laughs> coming. Uh, That's okay. right. Uh, it's, it's a mar- in fact, there's, there are three wonderful words in the New Testament that describe the coming of Christ, both his first and second coming. Mm. Most of them are used in concerning the second coming. There's the word epiphany. Yes. Epiphany means an appearing, that you actually will see him with your eye, and people in his first coming saw him with their eye. The, Mark yes. mentioned the wise men coming, yeah. and the shepherds. shepherds, and the word apocalypse, which means literally to reveal like tearing open the heavens and showing you something that you could never see on your own without God's disclosing it and and showing it and Jesus really is that I think that's why the world had to be prepared so carefully so that we might receive him and yet it's also mm-hmm. true that this is a spiritual matter, the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts right. to truly appreciate yes. the word mm. and the word parousia I, I don't know whether uh, parousia, parousia. Would you say it in Greek? Yeah, I, I usually say parousia. Parousia. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> we can debate the Greek pronunciation but in English. The uh, and it means the rival of a king. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. What a what a glorious concept. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. recognize him by the spirit that he was a king when he came. Surely the second time he comes, every oh. eye will see and every tongue yeah. will confess oh, that yeah. he is yeah. Lord. Yeah to the glory of the Father. And we had bow. mentioned a while yeah. back um, the uh, verse of Scripture, Genesis 3.15, and uh, talking about Satan inflicting that painful wound on the woman's seed, but right. Christ in turn uh, inflicting a mortal wound on the serpent. And uh, right. there at the end of the age, certainly, Satan himself is cast into that lake of fire. Mm-hmm. I cannot help but think of the passage uh, in Philippians, we call the kenosis passage in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, where it mm-hmm. talks about Jesus' humility and how he humbled himself and became a man and then died on the cross mm-hmm. for our salvation. But then he's coming again mm. because, of course, he's being elevated. God the Father elevates him uh, so that every knee will bow when mm-hmm. he comes again, second coming. 
Yeah. As a contrast to the first coming. Now, these two comings should not be actually separated. No. Even though they're separated in time. time. Notice how the Old Testament authors deal with it as one one event. Of course, we know it's separated in time by... Christ coming first as the suffering servant right. and then later as, as the Christ of God and the conquering king who mm. shall put down all authority and establish his own. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, we should always hold these two together. That's right. Advent actually gives us uh, an opportunity to do that. Mm. Uh, I when, when Advent shows up on the church calendar, I actually preach the traditional text, and the first two of them have to do with the second coming. Yeah, Isn't that interesting? Because it's tying it with the first so that we don't forget that the one who was born in Bethlehem is also the one who comes with the clouds of glory. Isn't that just typical of the scriptures? Things are just tied together all over the place. Yes. You know, Jesus is promised, Jesus comes. The first advent, the second. Well, today on A Plain Answer, we've been talking about the times prior to the first coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ talked a little bit about Herod. We've talked about the meaning of the word Advent. Listen to Handel's Messiah. And I see we're not too long from now. We'll be out of time for this edition of A Plain Answer. Why don't we have some wrap-up conclusions, gentlemen, before we run out of time concerning the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, I think when we look at that, we see the first Advent. And you see how many people were caught off guard. Mm. They really weren't prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ. And what a what a lesson and an example that should be for us. The big question is now, not just are we ready for Christmas, <laughs> are we ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Um, Advent, uh, uh, I did not grow up in a tradition that uh, even talked about it. Mm-hmm. it was fine, true, wonderful Christian tradition. Sure. Never talked about sure. it. But uh, I've come to appreciate each Sunday of Advent as it Mm. prepares our heart Mm. uh, for the coming of the Lord. And I think it's enhanced, I have no question about this, it's enhanced my love and celebration Mm. of Christmas, and Mm. I think it has in our church as well. Oh, yeah. Christmas is a, uh, I know the world uses this an occasion to get rich or whatever in selling (laughs) things and so forth. But, you know, aside from that, uh, when we celebrate Christmas in our churches, it is a, a time of great joy and rejoicing and mm. remembering the great gift that God has given to the world in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. And also this time of year, of course, uh, besides the Christmas music uh, that Redeemer Broadcasting is playing 24 hours a day, there's also a number of sermons that are related to Advent this season, and those are heard in the evening during the weeknights on Proclamation. So, of course, we would invite you all to tune in as you have a chance to Proclamation. It's heard 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday, as well as also on the weekend. There'll be a number of things relating to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into this world to seek and to save the lost. Well, this has been wonderful, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, This is A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We've been talking about the times prior to the first advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah that he has come and that this is the season of Christmas and we can celebrate the coming into this world of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, if you have a question that you would like this 
cast of folks to consider next time around here on A Plain Answer, just simply leave your question on our toll-free line. That's at 888-724-4427. And when you call that phone number, you can leave your question in mailbox number two. That's been set aside for A Plain Answer. And for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Today joining me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, as well as Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. For a plain answer, thanks so much for joining us today. Please join us again next week at this same time. May God be with you as you serve him.